welcome to the Serpent Temple podcast. This week, we're going to be reviewing free albums. The first one is going to be Artificial Brain by Artificial Brain. The second one is going to be Church of the Cosmic Skull, There Is No Time. And the third will be Origins, new album, Chaos Moss. So, Floyd, what did you think of Artificial Brain? Well, first and foremost, I just want to uh, give a shout out to the gig I went to last night. Oh, yeah, do I Went that. to watch Dying Fetus at the Boston Arms Music Room with Ingested, and it was amazing. Fantastic. Had a set list spanning their entire discography, so it was, um, thank you for that, <laughs> <laughs> spanning the entire discography, which was absolutely just mind-blisteringly heavy, technical, groovy. So anybody who missed that show, you missed a real fucking corker. FOMO. Um, yeah, that sounds really good. I saw some of the videos. It looked fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Do you know what? Boston Arms is, oops, I've just kicked that table. Nice. Boston Arms is slowly becoming, I think, one of my favorite kind of like smaller venues. It's like, there's always going to be like a special place in my heart for the underworld because I just went to so many gigs there. But like, I've been to the Boston Arms, well, I think three times this year since like, you know, the, the post pandemic environment. And it's just, like, they've all been stellar gigs. So it's a good place to be. I like it there too. The, the, yeah, it's, it's got subterranean changing rooms. They're like strange to be in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you played there once, didn't you? It was our third ever show. Was I, yeah. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. terrifying. <laughs> yeah. so I was thinking to myself, oh, I don't remember the change rooms. I was thinking, well, I've never got fucking changed there, so of course I wouldn't know <laughs> what the change rooms <laughs> are like. You like you're at school. Yeah. You go to a gig and go get to your gig gig in the changing yeah. rooms. Can you imagine? That'd be so funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good venue. It's a really nice place. Um, but what did you think? Artificial Brain, I think, is the Serpent Temple beloved band. Yep, so this is featuring, and uh, it's worth mentioning that this is actually going to be the last album featuring Will Smith Indeed. on vocals. So he is the part of this band, uh, allegedly on good terms, right? Kind of. Who knows? There's not much about the situation, but they've got in uh, a new vocalist for any future live shows and recordings. So he'll be sorely missed because he is kind of upholding that old school kind of like aesthetic of just creating the most nasty, guttural, disgusting vocals Indeed. to mankind. And his like... I really, I've always been a fan of Artificial Brain since pretty much they kind of jumped onto the scene because I just something really cool about that blend of death metal that's just a bit more kind of like dissonant and interesting and progressive mixed with like that really fucking subterranean kind of sci-fi-esque vocals. And I think, you know, most, a lot of the subject matter is kind of sci-fi based. So I think that style's always lent really, really well to the vocals. Ever since discovering like Kathia Flame, which if you want to hear me talk about that, you could listen to the full two hours <laughs> that me and Shem filmed <laughs> a month ago. But, you know, it's just that combination of styles. It, it, same with like Demolik as well, for example, the mm. legendary Finnish band with their album, Nespeith, uh, also had a, a, a cool... Um, that was probably the uh, the first time I ever heard like that super like ultra guttural like toilet bowl style vocal delivery. Artificial Brain, what a fantastic band! Um, this was a really cool album. I haven't. I always listen to you guys talking about Artificial Brain, and um, I never really properly dived in. Like I enjoy what I've heard of them, but it's nice to sit down and properly sit with an album. Um, and listen to it front to back and kind of see what these guys are about. And they're about a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's it's always cool when you've got a band uh, bringing something new to an, such an inundated kind of uh, overflooded scene. Mm. And I think it's because they've been going since about 2011 and the lineup of the band is more or less the same as when they first formed. You've got the new guitarist, Oleg Zalman on guitars, uh, Sam Smith on bass and synths, Keith Abrami on drums, 
John Locastro on guitars and saxophone. I had that misspelled as Gin Locastro, so take a <laughs> note. That name's not Gin. His name's John. <laughs> and then Dan Gajulo, who's also the uh, I think the founding guitarist of Revocation. Nice on guitars and backup vocals as well. And then of course Will Smith on the main vocals. Um, but yeah, it's always interesting to hear sort of a band's kind of create a new take on the genre while still kind of paying homage to like the people that came before them. And what I like about this album in particular is it's kind of like a perfect amalgamation of the last two albums and their EPs. And they've kind of like found like that kind of sweet spot mm. as to where they want to take the sounds. Cause like the first album was kind of more kind of like riff orientated, kind of like similar to like Ulcerate. Have you ever listened to them? The New Zealand I'm death not metal band? They're quite good actually. They're really like angular, but like, you know, technical dissonant kind of like death metal. And then the second album, uh, Infrared Horizons is the second album, right? You get a fact check on that one. Um, mm. That one has more of like that kind of blackened atmosphere, which kind of permeates this uh, album a bit more. And it's interesting because when I was listening to this album, I definitely heard like the uh, the Kralis sort of influence. And I didn't realize, I actually had no idea that Colin Marston, like the guy who mixed and mastered the album and has been involved in many other projects, is the lead guitarist of Kralis. So totally... It's been his year in terms of Serpent Temple podcast album coverage because he's like mixed and mastered quite a lot uh, of most. the releases <laughs> that we've covered. Yeah, yeah. including another one today. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Clue: It's not Church of the Cosmic Skull. Um, yeah, I love that. Jin Castro sounds like a Star Wars character. It does actually, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just an aside. Um, but yeah, I get you. I think it's um, this is a third album that they've released. It's the first one since 2017. Um, so I feel like there's been a jump probably in the sort of um, advancement of their sound, I'd say. This sounds like really developed, really modern. I feel like maybe they've had more time. I think I read that they kind of recorded and, and wrote everything quite separately from each other. So they probably didn't sit down in a room together to do a lot of this album and it's all kind of been put together because the drums were recorded in Denmark and Copenhagen and then everything was mixed and mastered at the Thousand Caves um, in New York by Mr. Marston. Yeah, it says guitars, bass, and vocals tracked remotely over the course of 2021. So it's a pandemic baby. Yeah. And do you know what I find, I think has been really interesting is you've found that during that two years where like fucking where everything was locked down has kind of birthed a lot of really like interesting music. And you know that a lot of those bands wouldn't have taken that direction had that not happened. Mm. So it's just interesting to hear people's kind of, like, kind of like pent up frustrations and the obstacles they've had to overcome to record these albums and how that kind of comes to fruition and create something that totally would never have happened had all this bullshit never started in the first place. It's very true. I, I am interested to see if there was like um, a way you could view both courses of of time like one without and one with pandemic and just like i wonder how different music would be yeah it's do you know i think in maybe in some ways it might have even um well the thing is because i don't want to put like too much of a positive spin on it because let's be real like the fucking the pandemic has crushed the music scene it's crushed everything yeah yeah <laughs> but like i feel like in some bands that haven't like folded under the pressure and understandably so I feel like a lot of bands have come with kind of like a bit of a renewed vigor and like hunger for things because mm. they've had shit taken away from them. You know, like it's a source of income like any metal bands making, you know, good money. But, but but the truth of it is like like all the revenue streams from, you know, musicians has been completely like, you know, depleted the last few years. 
So I think, yeah, they're kind of coming out with this renewed vigor and creating music that I feel like is just a bit hungrier. Like there's been some really fucking good albums come out these last few years. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I feel like the scene is, though it's starving, it's healthy. And like, what is an artist? <laughs> like when they're starving, if not at their peak yeah. a lot of the time, which is sad um, and toxic, but it is something that I feel that I may be experiencing through the work of others potentially. Um, but speaking of not starving, um, their track Absorbing Black Ignition from their album 2014 release, Labyrinth of Constellation, it was featured in an American CBS TV show, Elementary. Oh, no way, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's How cool. wild is that? That was like a Sherlock style thing, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. was That That wasn't the one that had Lucy Liu playing the lead, was it? Or Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. I, don't I know. know fuck all about the Sherlock Holmes TV shows. Me too. I, I know the UK one with Benedict Cumberbatch whatever his name is um but yeah no i don't know anything about the american cop shows like apart from hannibal i tend to find quite bad yeah a bit cringy it's yeah i never was never into like the csis or the law and orders or that sort of thing which is the reason why funnily enough i hate to bring it back to this i didn't <laughs> i didn't watch the wire for so long because i was thinking <laughs> this is going to be another one of those boring yeah. cop shows and it's going to be like you know these are the good guys and but no, like obviously it's completely like a realistic portrayal of like urban life. Um, but funny enough, talking about uh, cop shows and stuff, there was another show that had a goat horse song featured. Really? Which one? Yeah. Oh, I, I want to say it was one of the CSIs, I think. That's so funny. I'm not sure though. Someone out there would know because it was quite a famous clip. There's like a metalhead at CSI that's just like low-key bringing all these, these guys in. Uh, there, there were only three cop shows I like that are American. One is Hannibal. The other one is Grimm. Yeah. which is like um, literally fairy tales, like fairy tale monsters in the world and cops. And the other one is Lucifer, which is also very cringe and terrible, but I love oh. it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to make that sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it can be funny. So going back to the sound, there's a few tracks I want to give a shout out to. I just love the names. I think yeah. he's such a great lyricist and some of the track titles just amazing, like Fantastic. Glitch Cannon, Celestial Cyst. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite tracks in the album is actually A Lofty Grave. That was my that was the track I um like wrote about that I really liked as well. I think it just has everything you would want from like an artificial brain track and just sort of a death, sort of like a black and death metal mm. track. Uh, I love the synth. Oh, it's great. That's, it's just And the synth work on this album in particular, even on the last track as well, the last words of The Wobbling yeah. Sun. Oh, that was my favorite name as well. Yeah. <laughs> just so many cool moments on this album. You know, for an album like this, it's almost it's quite hard to to distinguish you know, particular riffs or moments because it's 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 there's a lot going on and it's it's, it's a it's a wall of noise a lot of the times, but there's just so many fucking moments in this album and it's very atmospheric and it's very evocative as well. What I like about them as a band is they manage to kind of like tread that line between uh, you know, creating riffs that are fun and interesting to listen to, while at the same time, you know, tapping into the black metal kind of ethos of creating an atmosphere and like a soundscape that is that that it evokes like genuine like emotion like this album is like the perfect soundtrack to like a, a decay in like dystopian like post-apocalyptic sci-fi landscape totally yeah I, I i so i see that i feel like it's um i didn't look too deeply at the lyrics but judging by the album titles it feels like very much rise and fall of a civilization style thing like starting yeah. from nowish with like our digital digital shit I've been watching Love, Death and Robots. Have you have you seen it? I've seen one episode of Love, Death and Robots. Which one did you watch? 
it was it was one that was recommended to me because it's all because it, it it's interesting isn't it because it's an anthology show isn't it and it's yeah. all different animation styles mm. oh, was there one it was something to do with like trying to keep the kids alive is that ringing any bells? Oh, is that the guy that has to shoot kids because there's over overpopulation? Yes. Yeah, he's yes. like a, a Nazi kid killer. That was the one. That's yeah, the one I watched. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Th there's a lot of ooh, um, like stuff in that that is so metal. It's like so death metal song yeah. um, style stuff. It's all like about the future and how like humans will have to survive in like a post everything world. Um, but yeah, but there's also like other stuff like Jabaro, which is fucking amazing. The best thing I have seen for years. What's that? Um, it's a it's the most recent Love Deaf Robots episode, um, and I don't really know how to describe it. It's basically a work of art, um, like animation art. It it it's all completely symbolic. There's no dialogue, um, and it's kind of I think it's a comment on colonization, yeah, basically and greed, um, and how we've separated ourselves from nature, which a lot of it is about. But it's fucking amazing. It's brutal and beautiful. Yeah. I'll give that a watch because I did really enjoy that episode because that was the one that was recommended to me, I think. But I've heard that they're all pretty good. They're all really good. Yeah. yeah. There's some that aren't as good, but most of them are fantastic, like yeah. really cool subject matter and stuff. Speaking of uh, lyrical inspiration, I actually wondered because the, the track after A Lofty Grave, Tome of the Exiled Engineer, mm. I was actually wondering if that was about the engineer from the Prometheus film. I was thinking of the engineer as well. Yeah. 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 yeah he looks pretty death metal. He looks like a, a guy you'd see at a gig. Yeah, like... I definitely saw a few engineers at that Dead Dying Fetus gig yesterday, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, um, but I think that kind of made sense because he's kind of exiled the one they come across. You've seen Prometheus, right? Yeah, of course I have. Oh, yeah. I did, didn't enjoy that film. But do you know what I say? I enjoyed it more after watching Covenant and seeing how much of a pile of shit that film was. So like Prometheus is... <laughs> I like looking at those films. I don't, I, I don't watch them expecting lofty science fiction which yeah. is probably somewhat blasphemous, but whatever, man. I just think they look cool. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, Dune deserves to be applauded as much as it does because that was just a great yeah. sort of Hollywood adaptation of something that's incredibly dense. We need more sagas, like epic sagas. I think we've been kind of... Sp I think we... I think a lot of um, studios expect people to only want like gritty stuff and stuff with like a sense of the brutality of reality. I hate that that rhymes. Um, I'm becoming a death metal lyricist <laughs> as, as we review this album, the more it happens. But yeah, like, you know, the kind of Game of Thrones effect where everything's got to have some kind of brutal element that isn't necessary. Wow. I, I miss the 80s fantasy where it's just like, there's a cool place yeah. and we're walking through it. I miss that. Can't we have more of that? Yeah, less violence. I don't mind violence, but I think, yeah, I think it's all gratuitous at the moment. Yeah. People are so desensitized to that shit as well. So this is a bit of a weird segue, but like I was talking to my mum the other day and like, do you remember like that fucked up thing on TikTok where like that guy like shot himself? Yeah. And, and people like, I can't remember if it was on Facebook Live or something. Somebody downloaded the video, started posting that under like, like, like cute dog tags or, or like, you know, like tags that kids would see on TikTok. That's so fucked. And it's just, but it's funny because like, I remember, well, it's not funny, but I remember being in school, like before the internet was like blocked off and they put like all the proxies on and stuff and you'd be able to get on like rotten.com in school and like yeah. all the kids in my class would just love and just laugh at like all that sort of other. shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I was never into the, the gore thing, but. It's really strange. Like yeah. I'm watching the boys at the moment and like, it's really gory, but I feel like they're doing that to be like, yeah, isn't this weird? 
Yeah. Isn't this weird that we're like so desensitized to this, but if you see a nipple on Instagram, fuck you. Like, yeah. that's so strange. So I'm guessing season three is pretty gory as well. Because oh. I thought, yeah, okay. Well, that's <laughs> it's not just gory. It's like sexually gory as well. There's some like really viscerally uncomfortable moments. Even in more it. sexually gory when that what was that this when that one of the heroes like sat on that guy's face and crushed his skull. It's what was that season way one? more gory. Really? Okay, I, I, I kind of want to tell you, but it's like I'll watch it tonight. I'll watch yeah. it tonight. Yeah, watch it. Let us know because you're you're like literally don't eat while you're watching it. Is okay, what I'm going to tell you. You really don't want to eat. Right, back to the albums. There's a few other things I want to mention, was which I only found out just before we started recording. I had guest vocals from Luke LeMay, so Indeed. legendary uh, death metal innovator from Gore Guts. Yeah. And the, uh, forget the names, but the singer from uh, Nocturnus as well. Yes, that would be Mike Browning, I believe. There you go, good job. Yeah. Um, and Paul Panguntalan from Miasmic Necrosis. Not familiar with that band. Um, well, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> but he's on Words of the Wobbling Sun. But there's some cool vocal variation in this album because I was thinking to myself, this doesn't sound all like one person will doing it because he's got that distinct like uber guttural style that he's amazing at doing. Mm. And but I do love the fact that they had some guest vocalists in to add that little bit of variation to the album. I, me personally, could listen to a full album of like subterranean growling and squelching, but um, I do understand that some people um, outside of the death metal sphere do like a bit more variation in their vocal delivery. That for some reason, those were all frog-related sounds. Yeah, no, that, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah. Subconsciously, yeah. <laughs> they are pretty much pretty death metal sound animals. Um, yeah, I feel like this album is a big send-off for Big Will. Like, there's loads of vocal variation, as you say. There's loads of stuff going on. I think it's like a really brilliant sort of supernova to go out on. Yeah, a, a good adjective to use as well. The last track being the uh, yeah the. Uh, Last words of the wobbling sun. Indeed, you know they found a roaming black hole in the Milky Way. Really? Yeah, and it's not su- it's not super far from us. Yeah. So that come anywhere near us would be fucked, right? Oh uh, yeah. Imagine, yeah. Yeah. Do you know about spaghettification? Oh, there's this way you go through the black hole, then your your body kind of like gets really long, like yeah. a spaghetti, and you just like get spaghettied into the black hole. You unravel into it. It'll not be really fucking painful as well. Yeah, it'd be super painful. Yeah. It's so wild. Can you imagine? I can't. Um, mental yeah absolutely crazy but yeah i think this is a fantastic album i really like this album um i think it's just death metal at its peak both albums this week are um in their own way which i think is beautiful i love that we have so much variation in this scene yeah no it's good and they you know they've they've been they've always been a welcome welcome addition to the genre and they'd be interested to see what they do next with the new vocalist once again i forget who's joining the band it is a, 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 an established member of the scene from another band remember who it is Shem? That's who it was, yeah, because it was some, something a bit left field, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, mm. was it the guitarist of Interarmor? The, the, it was the actual singer of Interarmor's joining the band. So, okay, uh, that is interesting. So I will be keeping my eyes peeled to see, and ears to see what they do next. But as it currently stands, what a run. There's three great albums with Will on vocals. So it'd be exciting to see what Will and Artificial Brain do next. Absolutely. I think good on you guys. 10 out of 10. Fuck yeah. Let's move on to Church of the Cosmic Skull. Something completely different. It is indeed. Is this your first time listening to them? So I had no prior knowledge of this band <laughs> before listening to this. And I kind of feel like I got ghosted a bit. And when I say ghosted, 
um, I'm referring to the band Ghost. Oh, and like, okay. And so I heard the name Church of the Cosmic Skull. And don't get me wrong, it's not like a million miles away from what I was expecting. But I was expecting like some like proper like sludgy stoner, <laughs> like some crusty nah. doom. But like, but what I got was like far more palatable. But like, still, like it was it was actually really enjoyable. Yeah, it is. You know yeah. how I how I view it. I feel like it's a psychedelic school assembly. That's a really apt way of in a good yeah. way. Like I, I fucking love it. I would, I wish this was the kind of shit you'd sing at assembly at school. Yeah, like I would, I would love like all these songs are choral bangers. They are. I love the um, all the vocal harmonies. Like they're almost queen like queen esque at times. Yeah, totally. Which is super cool. Um, apparently, Jonathan Ross is a fan of the band. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's wild. Go to the Wikipedia anyway. Well, shit. I need to read Wikipedia more. Yeah, no, this is cool. And they're a relatively new band as well. I've got listed here that they were formed in uh, 2016 by Bill yep. Fisher, who I'm guessing is the driving force behind the band. He is indeed. I'm guessing he's the dude with the long hair yeah, and the guitar yeah, yeah. in the front of the album cover. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also got Joanne Joyce on vocals, Caroline Corley also providing vocals, uh, Michael Weatherburn. What a cool name, Weatherburn. Weatherburn. Yeah. On keyboard and vocals, uh, Joe Stone on the electric viola. Uh, Sam Lloyd on bass. I'm guessing not the same Sam Lloyd that was in Scrubs. Well, it wouldn't be because he's dead. Oh, so, well, there you go. Yeah, so that rules that out. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Stone on drums. But yeah, uh, this was um, just a really easy to listen to, but still quite musically challenging album. Like yeah. you could tell that they're very adept at playing the instruments. And, you know, you could because the thing is when you've got music that's like, you know, more commercially viable and a bit more like radio friendly, I think it's quite easy to dismiss that music is as easy to make and being a bit more lowbrow than some, say something like Origin, for example. But the truth of it is, I think it's probably harder to write something catchier. Oh, definitely. Than it is to just go balls to the wall and do loads of insane, crazy shit. Yeah, I think I think you're totally right. I think you've kind of got to have more of a strict framework with your creativity to make something like this, right? Whereas, I mean, it's incredibly complex songwriting with the death metal stuff still, but I feel like you can be a little bit more free with certain kinds of sort of like aggression or emotions you want to express or something like this you've got to be like really regimented about it and that's yeah. part of the interesting thing because it's like it's kind of it's really bright it's really it's very proggy like there's a lot of 70s prog influence from this which if you're like an early serpent temple fan you totally hear <laughs> from a lot of the bands we've um we've covered and stuff um but then there's also this like dark kind of underlying Thing there where like they're, they're singing this like bright beautiful stuff and all of the band members also do vocals as well like bill i think and caroline are like the main vocalists and joanne um but everyone provides which i think is really cool um but yeah like if you listen to some of the lyrics and stuff it's like that there's a bit there's a bit of like creepy shit going on which i kind of like as well yeah i mean like some of the track titles like last words of a dying god yeah um it's like it, a celtic frost song yeah, yeah it really is <laughs> and like the beginning of that song reminded me of that song by sparks do you know the song this town ain't big enough for the both of us yeah but yeah it kind of had a bit of that vibe to it you know it was yeah. just like that kind of like theatrical kind of insanity to it totally and like one more step as well which is like it's kind of like it feels like um some kind of insanity song like if there was a tv show and someone just starts killing people um, because they're 
wild or they snap this would be the song that's playing i could totally hear that yeah yeah and like one of the i i didn't i couldn't find the actual lyrics but i remember i picked out wave goodbye to your family and friends you'll never see them again nice <laughs> it's like you're taking one more step like to all these it's like getting slightly more extreme every single time until i think there's like some kind of revolutionary aspect which i think is cool it's a really interesting song um it reminds me of the what is it what is that the the guy who's like first they came for the jews and i did not say anything for i was not a jew you know that poem and he's like then they came for the catholics i didn't say anything because i was a catholic no i don't at first i thought you were quoting the leonard cohen song because he's got a song that kind of oh, is it? starts similar like that called puppets oh well there was like a school poem thing that you had to read when you were at school it was like an no. aqa poetry I, book i done um um oh god excuse me standing on one leg carol ann duffy we did carol ann duffy um, we did carol ann duffy i didn't like her stuff that much no and then there was one that was done in like a scottish dialect oh the newsreader yes yeah, yeah that one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i remember reading this i was thinking everyone else was everyone else in my class was just like what the fuck is this all about i was like i actually understand this <laughs> yeah i, I like so that like, one actually it was like written phonetically it wasn't was it? really was fun to read it yeah. yeah it was like nay and and stuff like that but then there was like the, I, that was in the same that poem was in the same book as that and then also in like near the scottish guy there was um there was like a poem called half cast and it was like supposed to be read in a Jamaican accent. It was yeah. like, excuse me, standing on one leg when the weather is like sunny and cloudy. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm pretty sure people at school would read that in like a very strong Jamaican accent. Oh, in yeah. A very inappropriate way. Well, I'm pretty sure they got the Jamaican kids in my class to read that one. No. Yeah. Yeah. For me, they made me read presents from my aunts in Pakistan. Yes. I and they that made me like pronounce all the stuff right, even though I'm not Pakistani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was mad. But like half cast is like seen as an offensive term now, right? Because isn't that what the poem it's, was getting at? The poem was yeah. saying, you, you're saying I'm like half something when, you know, when I'm like a whole person kind of. Exactly. Because it's the idea that you're, you're half okay and you're half not okay. The fact that the half is like supposed to be a, a signifier of like your worth is fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember a lot of people would use that term like growing up. Yeah. Like it was then, then like mixed race became like the more prominent kind of. Still, yeah. Uh, but then even then, like, but then, you know, I grew up in some, such a multicultural school. Like no one ever really used those uh. terms because we're also like kind of, well, I don't make out like it was all fucking, um, all fucking rainbows and sunshine in my school. Like there was a lot of horrific bullying going on, but it was equal opportunities bullying. Oh like it didn't matter what the color of your skin was. It was just whether or not you fucking had like the fucking, uh, the fucking gumption to survive. The racial bullying at my school was pretty much like the P word being called a terrorist. A oh, lot. I can imagine. Um, like after 9-11, it was just RIP basically. Oh, I mean, you would have what, you probably would have started secondary school in 2001. Yeah, right? yeah it yeah. was, it was, I remember I was in primary school when it happened. It was my last oh, shit, year sorry. of primary school. Um, I was like, I didn't, I, when you're a kid, you have no empathy. So I, I came home and I was like, why are the cartoons canceled? I yeah. fucking get it. Why are there no cartoons? And there's just like a plane flying into a building over and over again. And then the next day, just immediately more racism. Yeah. It was wild. I just remember coming home. I was thinking I was in either year nine or 10 maybe year nine and my dad was watching it on the tv and i was like no cool what movie is this oh my god and i was just like no this isn't a film and i was like oh fuck and then that's yeah. when, like the severity of the situation became prominent and then it was just and it was all everyone was watching or like yeah at the next few days because it was just the craziest thing i and remember like i remember the feeling of other people around me everyone was like in this weird state of like worry and terror yeah yeah and then going on an airplane after that was never the same again. God, yeah, I bet, yeah. It's, 
Anyway, so should we detour from 9-11 and get back to <laughs> How these? How did we get to 9-11 from Church of the Cosmic Skull? I'm so sorry, Church of the Cosmic Skull. Um, yeah, I really love these guys. They have this like wonderful tongue-in-cheek humor. Um, like the earlier albums, I think this is their, hang on, third or fourth. Let me go to my list. I it down as, my th- as their third, but I might be wrong. Um, they have a few releases. One of them is called like, I think, every yeah, everyone, Everybody's Going to Die. That was 2019, absolute banger. Science Fiction 2018 and Is Satan Real in 2016. I love their back catalogue. So is there other albums as good as this one? Yeah. Say? yeah, yeah, they're really, really good. I love that they have like a really solid sense of style with their albums. So like they have all these rainbows on them. And then this one, because it's like, um, it's like not as colorful, like it's white and the only rainbow on the album is Bill's guitar. Um, I really like that they're, they're kind of playing playing into like you know the sort of this one's a little bit different style album as well but they still have the color thing yeah because i mean the first track is what called seven rays of color right absolutely seven colors of the rainbow right is there yeah and like on the band camp they have this thing in their description called the seven objects and they list there's like this list of um i guess like the manifesto i say so they say recognize the hallucinatory hallucinatory nature of reality investigate all aspects of reality hallucination receive all phenomena with equanimity celebrate and uphold the freedom of art science and thought meet mistakes with forgiveness and determination do what you want with love in your heart maintain focus on the unity of all living beings wow that's really cool that's so metal yeah 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 that's cool that's nice i like that it's better than do what thou wilt but yeah it's um god there's a few moments on this album that i just want to give a bit of a shout out to that i really enjoyed uh the track now's the time has got like a serious cool groove in it like that old school kind of 70s groove and swing but like you said from the bands that we reviewed early on in the podcast um i really like the last track actually we lost it somewhere i think it's got a really beautiful kind of like um like emotional like piano melody to start with and i love how the guitar comes in and like mirrors the melody and the, i love how the tracks kind of build on this album and how the vocals are not just second place like they're an integral part to like the construction and the and just the the components of the tracks and just all the different harmonies and melodies like it's just a very kind of joyous listen but like as you mentioned earlier there is those dark undertones that kind of give it a bit more kind of gravitas i feel so but yeah yeah Really enjoyed this one. Really good album. Um, Also, Bill and Caroline have a project called Dystopian Future Movies, which is really, really heavy and dark and beautiful. Oh, is that not the... um, uh, Is that the one that guested with Grave Lines? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they did a split together. Yeah, Yeah. nice. They're really great. They they played together and, um, yeah, Jake and Caroline have like a song they sing together. It's really good live. Yeah, really, really lovely people. Um, yeah, so that's fantastic. We hope we can have them on the podcast one day. These guys are based in Nottingham. Um, oh, and I like how, I don't know if you noticed, but the beginning of the album, it starts with Ring Around the Roses on the piano. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like a pandemic reference, huh? Yeah, yeah I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek. And yeah, the organ, the organ, I love that 70s star Mellotron organ. One of my favourite sounds. So I love that that's still a thing that you can hear in modern music. Yeah, it's just it just shows that it's a timeless kind of sound, isn't it? It's like, and uh, I was actually reminded by uh, Kansas a lot on this album. Oh, Didn't nice. listen to much Kansas, but they, yeah. they, I feel like the guitar tone is quite similar, and it's just like it's really clean, but like got enough distortion that it has that like oomph and that low end to it. But like, it's Kansas is such an underrated band because a lot of people know the song "Carry On," 
you know carry on my wayward son which is great and also is another track that has a lot of vocal harmonies and melodies in it but the entire back catalog is just amazing it's funny how a lot of those bands like made it big with one track and then their entire career was defined by those few like hit tracks but then yeah. they've got like like boston as well for example Europe. Europe, yeah, yeah, that's a good, good example. Yeah, they're all one-word bands that relate to a place. How strange is that? Boston, Europe, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> what other states can we name here? <laughs> there's no, there's no English bands like that. You can't call a band like Worcester. Yeah, Hull, Nottingham. Yeah, yeah. Well, what would be the best band name based on a UK geographic location? Oh my God, there's a place in Yorkshire called Wet Wang. That's amazing. That is very good. And if I was thinking to myself that there is a place that my mum visits in um, Scotland. Um, and it's meant to be one of the most beautiful parts of the country. And it's it's in Aberfeldy. Mm. It's called The Burks of Aberfeldy. <laughs> I'm thinking that is such a cool name for like a song title or an album. Or I don't know why, but that sounds like an NSBM album. Does a bit. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm just like, oh, that's sus. <laughs> the I, I, I the White Plains of Aberfeldy. Oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make that an RABM album or you're going to get cancelled. <laughs> oh dear. It's terrible. I love that. The UK has some beautiful place names in it for sure. But then it also has places like Bean. There is a place near Brighton called Bean. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah I feel like I've seen that before, actually. Yeah. Bean, yeah. And that's Scunthorpe. Oh, what oh. horrible sounding. Penge. Yeah. Oh, well, well Penge is a shithole as well. Really? Uh, those buses that go to Penge, I do not ever want to fall that's asleep my bus. on one. Oh, no, shit. Yeah, yeah, it goes past East Dulwich and goes yeah. straight through Lewisham and then goes to Penge. Yeah. Well, I say it's a shithole. I've never been there, but I've only ever heard horror stories about Penge. You can tell, like, if you fall asleep on the bus and you, you end up there at, like, one in the morning and you walk off and there's literally green lizard people walking around and they have, like... <laughs> okay, not lizard people. Green fish people. <laughs> I still, say, who, invi who invited David Icke onto the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, like, orange dog people walking around i don't know like you just tell us like monsters that inhabit penge that only yeah. appear at night and you're going to end up there one day and they will cannibalize you for a second terrible. i thought someone like slipped you a tab of acid <laughs> and you fell asleep on the 176 <laughs> and woke up at penge it's all the church of the cosmic skull man like i'm seeing all the colors of the rainbow right now um but yeah i don't I, we're really going off on tangents today i'm very sorry everybody um hopefully they're entertaining ones but yeah this album fucking rocks what a great year for music indeed 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 um, shall we move on to Origin? Let's. Okay. Now, Origin. Now, so this is a band that I have been following more or less since their formation. So they formed in Topeka, Kansas. Don't know if I pronounced that right. Hope I did. And it consists of mainly longtime members. You've got Paul Ryan, who's one of the founders on guitars and vocals. Uh, John Longstreth on drums, who is, in my humble opinion, uh, one of the best death metal drums of all time. Uh, Mike Flores, bass vocals, and uh, Jason Keezer uh, performing main vocals. Mm. Uh, Jason Keezer is actually the brother of Joe Keezer, who was the longtime bassist of the brutal death metal band Skinless. Oh. And uh, Jason actually performed vocals on one of the Skinless albums. It was one after their singer, can't remember his name, left the band, and he performed vocals. It was the Trample the Weak, Hurdle the Dead album, which is pretty good. And I think it was through those connections that he ended up landing the origin gig. Because Origin used to have another vocalist called James Lee that performed main vocals up until about four or so albums ago. Cool. So I think this would be Jason's. It's either his fourth or his third album on lead vocals here. But it's a very similar style to the earlier albums. Um, but anyway, so the when I first started listening to this band, it was with their uh, second album, Informus, Infinitas, Inhumanitas. 
It's only 27 minutes long, but it was, at that time, it was the fastest, heaviest, craziest shit I'd ever heard. And to, to this day, it still stands up as one of the most insanely, like, frenetic and, like, fast-paced albums of all time. Like, and it has, like, and, like, and that's largely down to John Longstrap as a drummer. Like, he's an absolutely phenomenal drummer. Um, their entire back catalogue is amazing, in my opinion. There's a few albums where I think kind of slumped a bit, which I think is just natural in a lot of bands' careers. But I feel like, personally, taking putting things back to the present day, I feel like this album is a 100% a return to form for them, and I heavily enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. Um, I've kind of passingly listened to Origin and been like, yes, this is fantastic and blistering. So it's nice, again, to sit down with an album and just like properly experience a band. Um, I was so impressed. And like, as you say, Longstreth, I think definitely is one of the, like a very strong member of the band. Um, he's also in like Hate Eternal, Malefic Throne. He plays Life with Misery Index, a band we recently covered. Um, he says, it says is he's ex-Gorguts and as you say, Skinless and Dying Fetus and Exhumed. So like a lot of really fucking huge bands with insanely good back catalogues. Yeah. I think he played in Angel Corpse as well. Yeah, it says Angel Corpse. Uh, red cord i didn't want to say everything because there's yeah. so many <laughs> it's like that with death metal musicians you look yeah. at their other bands and it's just like fucking like two pages long there's so many I, I can't imagine being in more than like one band so being in that many is like there's so so many rehearsals you've been to that's so wild i mean he sounds like he's played in loads of bands because he's fucking skilled as hell yeah like his single leg fucking blasts and his gravity blasts and all the sort of like super fast techniques he does he's massively on point and like i've shown you some of the videos of him playing and the showcase yeah but that's that company that made those symbols i think they're mine symbols nice symbols it said pp on them yeah oh did it yeah so maybe it is mine although yeah but they they do look really nice right they're cool looking symbols but like he looks like he is fucking using about 10 percent of his power i know he looks so calm he looks like he's drumming in slow motion but the the music's going twice as fast it's so strange to watch yeah it's beautiful um and uh also as i was saying earlier another album that was uh, mastered by colin marston (laughs) colin master of mastering master masterer (laughs) master and then mixed by robert rabbit who i had no idea who that was but wasn't much a, information about a nice him. name to say out loud yeah yeah and uh this they used to be on relapse so this is i think their third release on agonia records yes um and i think they had an album on nuclear blast as well but anyway back to the album itself so it, it's just everything you would expect really from an origin album um like it starts exactly how you expect as well just like crazy Immediately blistering oh yeah just like yeah. super fast drums like the bass is going off it's crazy how the drums are so fast but the bass and the drums are so locked in tight as a rhythm section which really is a testament to how competent of a bassist uh, he is as well and just the guitar work is just absolutely frenetic like there's loads of like neoclassical style sweet picking mm. um this is like cool tapping bits there's some really cool like even almost like slammy parts as well like yeah. that are slower and more dissonant kind of riffs there's just a lot going on and it's it's just absolutely like i need to listen to it again in a few more times to fully digest it but the first track i loved ecophagy uh the title track i thought was great um just oh just it just just riffs like a motherfucker just some of one of the best rhythm sections i think in the death metal scene because they're just so ridiculously tight and i love how they still do what they've done in the earlier albums is where they have um uh, I think, well, a few of the other members providing back and vocals and they do like a few vocal trade-offs every now and again and do that kind of Glenn Benton from Day Aside Thin where they'll like do layer the vocals where someone will do the highs and someone will do the lows and that sort of shit. It just sounds so kind of gnarly. Mm, yeah, I love that. My favourite track on this was um, the fourth track, Panoptical. 
It's a great track. I love the sweet picking on that track. I think it's sweet picking. I'm not a guitarist. Maybe it's tapping, but it's like some really fucking cool arpeggiated shit at the beginning. I think it was. I think it's sweeping and tapping, from what I heard. So yeah, so yeah. It's swapping. It's um, swapping. <laughs> teeping? I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it. It just sounds really, really brutal and heavy. I love that like contrast between like the kind of slow but fast, and then the sort of the textures and layering they use. Is it's like there's it's good because it constantly had my attention which is very difficult to do with music this dense i tend to just sort of enjoy the overall sound but with this i'm constantly picking out details which i really i like that it's really delicious to listen to it makes my brain go burr which is good i think a, a lot of that can maybe even be put down to the production because i feel like yeah. it sounds wise this is one of the better origin albums yeah because i think that was a few of the complaints about some of the more recent ones was it just sounded a bit more muddled and a bit bit flatter mm. But yeah, so the uh, good old Marston has done a good job with this. Um, it's what did you uh, what did you think of the track Decolonizer? Because to me, that sounded like a tech death carcass song. Yeah, yeah, there was some like really cool groovy shit. There was some harmonic minor stuff going on um, throughout some of the tracks as well, which I obviously really enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I like it. I love the obviously anything called Decolonizer gets points with me as well. Yeah. <laughs> anything anti-colonization. Yeah, yeah I'm there, yeah. like ten yeah. out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what about what did you think of it? Yeah, I love that track. I thought that was something a little bit different for the band. I, I do notice that with every album, they kind of do something a bit more. Like they're not just treading the same ground over and over again. They've got a distinct kind of hallmark sound that they go for, which is mainly like intense speed. But like there was on the album before, there was like some more deathcore elements, and I feel like on this album, they've tried to encompass like some of the uh, the wider facets of the death metal genre. There's some riffs that remind me of Morbid Angel. Mm. There's parts that sound a bit more like Immolation, like this track, which sounds a bit more like Carcass. And I think even with the vocal delivery being more like kind of of a higher register as opposed to the growling. Um, and yeah, it just um, has an almost like even Meshuggah quality to it sometimes, like especially yeah, the breakdown on that totally. track, Decolonizer as well. Sounded a bit more, you know, like super rhythmic and like pulsing. So I think they've done like a fantastic job on this album, actually, because to be, you know, eight or nine albums, however many albums it is deep in their career and to still release something fresh is not something a lot of bands can really claim to have done. Totally. You know, especially in the tech death genre when it's really when, you, when you're playing that when you're fitting that many notes into like a 40 something minute album, there's only so much ground you can fucking new ground you can cover in newer releases. Yeah, it's it's impressive that you're that deep into your oeuvre and you can produce fresh stuff. I think that's really impressive. I really also liked um, Heat Death, like the last track where they have this like, they're, they're kind of experimenting with like the electronic manipulation of sounds. They have this like weird, gainy, bubbling electronic stuff. Like I wrote down that it sounds like cursed ASMR. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's absolutely spot on. Yeah, that's such a cool outro to the album as well. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, because it's, um, and then, you know, it's like I've said this a few times on the podcast before, I think it's always appreciated when a band puts effort into like how an album or the songs are um, placed in the in the, in the the track listing. And like th that track could only ever have been like an album closer. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. it's 11 minutes and don't get me wrong, like four of those minutes, are like, you know, like, you know, some dissonant synths and like an outro more or less, but mm. it's. But it's still an absolutely fantastic track. And then once again, bringing something new to the table, like you said, with like the weird, so I actually picked up on that as well, the weird kind of like weird distortion and manipulation that was going on yeah. in the guitar sound. So it was almost like, like the, it almost sounded like the heat death of like the planet. Exactly. Of how everything was kind of breaking down. Yeah, it's really conceptual. I really like that they're, they're kind of thinking about music in like an, another dimension of like the visual dimension as well. So you can yeah. kind of like, 
yeah, it's like soundtrack stuff. It's sound design stuff. And I, I like that. I think sometimes people get too focused on just the song and they don't see the bigger picture. And sometimes that really is a picture. And like that is the a dying planet, which is something that artificial brain are kind of going for as well. The wobbling sun. So you've got a heat yeah. death as the last as the last track on this one, and then the dying the last words of a wait dying words of a wobbling sun for That's artificial brain. Think, yeah. They're so it's so funny that like they both kind of interact with each other in that way. Well, good thing we reviewed the Cosmic Scar album in between, because <laughs> otherwise it would have been. <laughs> Yeah, the, what is it? This is like, it's so funny. They all have this, because you've got the cosmic element of the cosmic skull, and this is Chaos Moss. <laughs> well, I suppose there is all a cosmic element running through all three, isn't there? There is yeah. a chaotic cosmic element yeah. this week. Yeah, for sure. We're all aligned. Yeah, no, that's, uh, sorry. It's just another thing this album reminds Yeah, especially that last track was the um, uh, Cow Decapitation's 2020 album, um, uh, Death Atlas. Do you ever get around to listening to that? Or I, I think I'd, I remember listening to some, I think you, it was 2020 and I listened to it. And I remember listening to a lot of Cattle Decap because um, you really like them. And I, and I love them, except for when he starts doing those vocals that make oh. him sound like he's Benji from Skin Dread. And I'm like, wait, this is Skin oh, Dread. But, but you don't Sk- like the goblin vocals that this should be <laughs> Goblin vocals. Maybe I'll like them now. It's been yeah. a few years. I'll, okay, I'll, so. I'll dip back in. Maybe I'm, I'll be into them. But I just can't. For me, I'm just like... Now Skindred is doing guest vocals on this song. I actually really do <laughs> like Skindred, but it's just really weird yeah, yeah. for me to listen to Cattle Decap and be like, this is fantastic. The grooves are amazing. And now the vocals are really odd. It's a really Marmite sound, I'll give you that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I actually remember when that album came out. I think I was forcing that song. I, was, I think I must have linked it to you about three times. <laughs> have you listened to this yet? Have you listened to this yet? Because I thought the title track was just the best song I'd heard in ages. It is really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's just, I think I need to like... I need to acclimatize, acclimatize, acclimatize yeah. myself to the vocals. You need to acclimatize yourself to the dying sun of the uh... <laughs> the last wobble. <laughs> <laughs> it's me wobbling around. I haven't been able to say words this week very well, so I'm definitely wobbling about like a dying song. Song? See, I did it. Dying sun. That's a pretty good week for reviews. I think it's uh, off worth mentioning that we would hopefully, well, you two would definitely be going to Hellfest. <laughs> well, you say that. I don't yeah. want to jinx it. All the yeah. planes have been cancelled. But um, fingers crossed, this time next week, we're going to be sweating our butts off in a field. Yeah, so it's going to be amazing. We've done our Hellfest special lineup, uh, lineup special, where we've, uh, wow, easy for me to say, Christ. <laughs> Um, and it's pretty much the same as our lineup, right? I think there's been a few additions since then. There's been a few then. additions. There's been a few. Ohm dropped out. Um, yeah. Who? What sick band? Oh, Carbomb. Oh, Carbomb are now playing, Carbomb right? are playing the main stage, which is going to be sick. That's going to be cool. It'll be cool to... Yeah, they're playing the main stage as well. well it'll be cool to see, like, all the bemused faces of, like, the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. People waiting to see, like, you know, Kiss and shit. And... Oh, my God. Yeah, this is, I think, the literally legit the last time Kiss is probably going to be playing. Um, so is, tour. is this the last show on their tour? They've got it's not the last show, show okay. I don't think. But um, they they pretty much said like we can't keep doing this. Yeah. And like I saw them about eight years ago play Hellfest, and they looked tired and old back then. Jeez. So I can't imagine how they feel now. Yeah, I mean they've all got to be pushing seventy, right? I would think. Maybe more. Let's see how old let's is how old is Gene Simmons? Seen Jimmons. Seen Bimmons. Bean Dimmons. Seen Jimmons. Uh. Yeah, it's definitely an unhinged say, one this week. Yeah. Gene Simmons' age. He's 72 years old. Oh, well, that's about as old as I thought he'd be. Nick Simmons is 33. Paul Stanley's 70. Paul Stanley said some real boomery shit recently. He says, he, I think he said, um, cancel culture. The things that people cancel. Cancel culture is worse than what we're trying to cancel. Yeah. 
That just sounds like some weird, like, tongue twister. Or that cancel yeah. culture is worse than that. So you're saying that the thing, that cancelling a thing is worse than the thing you're cancelling. So if you don't like someone who's been very bad and killed someone, you're worse. For wanting... But no one, I don't know, whatever. Like, no one's trying to actually cancel anyone. Yeah. I can't wrap my head around that one. Just too sleep deprived of that. Uh, yeah, this that guy is, um, I mean... Wow, really? Just some crazy... Yes, with a bit of luck, we'll be Hellfest and we'll, we'll have, we've got some interesting yes. shit coming up for the podcast when we get out there. We can ask Paul Stanley to elaborate on his statements. I'm sure we'll get priority for that yeah. <laughs> interview. It was such... <laughs> it was like, no, cancel, cancel that one with fucking... Um, Serpent Temple. With Rolling Stone. I've got an interview with Serpent Temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hopefully we'll we'll get a few good ones either way. Or what we should do is go there with uh, Rolling Stone stickers over, oh our, over our mics. We could totally, okay, not that we're going to do it, but we could do a Vice documentary about us pretending to be Rolling Stones as Serpent Temple going to Hellfest yeah. and like having fake interviews with people. What I would love to do is, what that would be cool, is like what the guy from the Red Cord done at the Maryland Death Fest once. He went there, pretend to be like, a quote unquote normie. I was like, speak to death metal with all like the punters there. Yeah. Like, and then like, but like just saying like loads of like dumb shit to like get reactions out of them. I'd love to do that as well. Just oh to... my God, that'd be so funny. Then part of me is just like, ah, I don't really want to fuck with people. It, I th yeah. Uh, friend, like the, the vibe there is so nice. Yeah. That it may, maybe in the VIP area, if we see someone who's being a bit like egotistical, we go up to them and be like, oh, so what band do you like? What what's what is this place? I'd love someone to do that thing that Jimmy Kimmel done as well. Go there with the fake band names. To oh, my God. And catch out all the metalheads. We could probably do that pretty easily, to be honest. Yeah. But then again, I mean, fucking I mean, like there's, there's so many bands playing there. We could probably make up a name and that band's probably playing there. I mean, I got an email earlier of like a band bands that are, are available to interview, and they have. <laughs> it's like reading. It's like reading someone's nightmare. So here's here's the, day, the bands we can interview on day one: Sleazies, with lots of Z's, Heart Attack, Beyond the Sticks, Death Decline, Forest and Blood, except one Persaid, Red Morning, Tank Rust, Theraposa, No Ferrofosa, Exhorted Spears, Stenga, Stenga. S T E N G A H. Oh, it must be named after the um, uh, Meshuggah song. Oh, we can actually interview Interferum. Maybe we should do that. Are they, oh, like are they okay? Um, Trank. Trank. Gorod. Welcome X. Oh, Gorod. Gorod. We can interview Gorod. G O R O D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're, good. they're a great band. There's a band that's just called Six Minutes 33 or 633. Um, there's some like really wild band names here. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Gorod would be cool. They're, they're a great technical death metal band. Is it? Yeah, yeah. They sound familiar, but I, I think I just thought maybe it's a Zelda thing. <laughs> That's the most London you've ever sounded. You, he literally just went, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, fam? <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> is it, though? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit London today. I don't know why. <laughs> it must be the heat. It's just made all the class seep out of me. <laughs> But yeah, it's been a it's been a uh, wobbly one. Uh, the last yeah. wobble of a dying serpent temple this <laughs> week. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, good time to end it, I think, before Shema spontaneously combusts. <laughs> We've been so professional and consummate. Thank you so much for listening to us, guys and girls and others. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, feel free to suggest things for us to review. If you're going to be at Hellfest, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. See you, fam.